When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Speaking of money, there is plenty over in Abu Dhabi and well, there's plenty being made from the F1 drivers as well. Lewis Hamilton, he's right up there, drives, flies his own jet. And well, Max Verstappen, after winning it, he'll have his own jet for his whole family. So there you go, they were all up and about. It's time for our McCafe coffee catch-up and I'm sure there'll be plenty of McCafe coffee being consumed in Abu Dhabi because 24 hours on and there might be two sorts of hangovers for Red Bull and Mercedes following yesterday's Formula One climax. Max Verstappen was eventually crowned champion nearly five hours after the race after two protests from Mercedes were eventually dismissed. They aren't keen to give up yet though with an appeal of the decision likely. Chris Medlin was yesterday right in the heart of it in Abu Dhabi. He was in the media scrum. He was have all the ins and outs of what's going on in the aftermath. And he's with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. I know you're a, a busy man. We appreciate you. You were outstanding on the show last week. So thanks very much. How's the heart rate, mate? How you going? Oh, well, I've got to admit, sorry, firstly, because I said I'd try and join you guys about this time yesterday and stuff got in the way i, I got okay. invited by craig david to go on a yacht and i just had to take <laughs> off on it so um <laughs> no, it, it was it's worth it was day. crazy it, it was it was an absolutely crazy night um and i wasn't on the yacht for any listeners that didn't listen last week and have no idea what i'm on about um yeah i was uh flat out at the track trying to find out what was going to go on we're trying to work out if the championship's going to be decided then and there uh it kind of has kind of hasn't been um, it's all a bit sad, really. Like it's been an epic season. It's been yeah. crazy. It's been full of controversy, and then we're kind of working out essentially if a refereeing decision was right or not to then round it all off. So, do you think that the, the right decision was made? So Mercedes, they had a valid point to be able to protest those two protests during the race. Are they? Is it valid, or are they just being sore losers here? And and give us your bit more of an understanding of what you've seen over there being there. So one of the protests wasn't valid. It was um, they tried to protest that Max Verstappen had overtaken Lewis Hamilton by the safety car just before they restarted for the final lap. And I mean, he went like you know two inches ahead of him when he was alongside, and they were crawling along. It was just cat and mouse games, and and there was no they weren't racing, so that was nothing, and that got um, dismissed uh, rightly. But the the second one, yeah, I do think they have a valid argument. Um, I, I, the way you look at the rules, the way they've always been applied, uh, the way that race director Michael Massey has. Um, even explained in the past how they're applied, uh, were applied differently just to make sure we got one lap of racing and that it took place between Hamilton and Verstappen with nobody in between them. Um, and kind of it disregarded everything that had gone on before in the race and how other rules have been used. 
um, just to set it up for a finale. And really, um, that hurt Hamilton's chances and helped Verstappen's. Um, and the killer here is that you know, Verstappen is a massively worthy world champion and we should really be talking about how great he is um, and what a fantastic yeah. title it is that he's won. But sadly, because of the manner in which the final lap was created, uh, we're talking about something that was completely out of his hands. He did nothing wrong. He drove brilliantly and overtook Hamilton to win the race. Hamilton did nothing wrong. He, he led the race for the whole way through and then circumstances were created that put him on the back foot for the final lap. Um, neither driver's done anything wrong here. That's what's really frustrating. But I, I think the way the, uh, the regulations were interpreted or used um, was not particularly fair and it was more to create uh, the finish to the championship that um, most people were kind of hoping for. So, yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting, like, because they're such big teams. And, and from watching the Netflix here, you can get a bit more of an understanding of how big they are and what's behind the scenes. Do you feel like this is more of the team making these decisions, making these calls? And how are the drivers reacting to all this? How's Lewis Hamilton? How's Max Verstappen? Are, the, are they getting amongst the fights and the cat fights, or are they just sitting back and, and staying humble about it? Yeah, they're both staying humble about it. It's it's um it's down to the teams to protest things or kind of fight their corners. Um, but it, it's not that the teams made any bad decisions either. It's just that the the cards yeah. that were dealt by um the race director, essentially the referee, um were a bit unfair. And um, the way I likened it is like if you think of a, a game of soccer and it, and one team's winning two 0 comfortably and you just entered injury time and someone scores a free goal out of nowhere uh, to make it two one, that happens. That's sport. You know, it it can happen. And suddenly you've got a grandstand finish that you know could go either way. But then it's like the referee decides, actually, um, that goal counts for two because I want more of this. We're going to have extra time um, just because it deserves it, really. Like the games you guys have played before have been brilliant. This one wasn't so good. So it just feels like the, the goalposts were moved slightly um, that the teams were racing to. Um, and yeah, the two drivers have actually handled it very, very well. Lewis Hamilton was um, kind of very sportsmanlike on the podium afterwards and when he briefly spoke and then just stayed away from the media, didn't speak to anyone and, and hid away while his team protested, um, which will be a team decision, not a Lewis decision. And then Verstappen celebrated. And then to be fair to him, what, what I really liked was he didn't let it get to him. He didn't let the fact that he had to wait for a couple of hours for it to be confirmed bother him. He was like, no, nah, you know, I, I feel we deserve this. I'm going to celebrate it anyway. Um, and then when it was confirmed last night, even though Mercedes have lodged an intention to appeal, that there's 96 hours they've got to confirm that or withdraw it. So nothing would happen again last night. So when Verstappen got told uh, that the first two protests had been dismissed, he could go and celebrate it. And he partied long into the night. He uh, he said it was the early hours. He, he saw daylight before he went to bed. And we spoke to him today. He was struggling a bit. But uh, again, he spoke very well about Lewis and the way they pushed each other. And they, they both were very deserving champions. Uh, just the manner that it's been decided uh, wasn't really deserving. Uh, the, the championship and the drivers themselves didn't deserve that. Mm. Yeah, hey Chris, it's uh, Baz here. Just carry on the Craig David thing. Um, could you hmm. could you fill me in on uh, on the protest? Oh. And do you think it would take seven days, or could you see Mercedes walking away? Oh, three in there, good effort. Um, <laughs> you've, you've done me though, because now I'm struggling to find the fourth. Um, I, can, I can see Mercedes walking away. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I think. I think they're going to look at it that essentially they're appealing an FIA decision, uh, which they protested last night and other people in the FIA then had to look at it and go, we think that's okay. So now they have to go even further up in the FIA kind of uh, appeal process to say, you know, 
we think people further down the chain have made an error here. It's hard to overturn. It's a bit like VAR or, you know, um, even DRS in cricket, you know, when, when you, it's got to be conclusive evidence to overturn a decision that the umpire's given. And I don't know that they're going to have enough conclusive evidence. Um, they'll have their interpretation. They can argue that it just it just seems wrong. But for the reasons that the race director has given uh, overnight for why he made the decisions he did, um, I think it becomes more of a judgment call and people will just disagree with it. Uh, and that'll be that. So I think they'll eventually step away because it'd be so it'd be even more anticlimactic if somehow Mercedes got overturned in, in the Court of Appeal in two, three, four weeks and Lewis Hamilton's crown champion in January. I mean, that's no good either. That's why nobody wins out of this now, which is the, the sad part. It's been quite remarkable, though, hasn't it? Like in terms of, like, I know the the Netflix show um, catapulted it to, to whole new followings, but it's just captivated the audience all around the world, right? Has, has it been bigger Formula One than what it currently is? Um, no, I think I think Formula One's at its biggest right now. I think you're right. Um, I think you know, there's there's been times where it's been very popular, but not always globally. Uh, and that's normally driven by something like we've had this year, where it is a big rivalry between two drivers. But what things like you mentioned, the, the Netflix series have helped to do is kind of open up people's understanding and awareness of the of the bigger picture of the sport, of the teams that aren't at the front, but why they're not at the front, of the cool stories that are there um, and of the other battles that are going on. So um, last night was all about uh, Lewis and Max and, and winning the World Championship. And the fact that they went in tied on points, it's only the second time ever it's happened, was was incredible. But at other times this year, we've just had awesome events and races that involve other people that uh, fans and new fans are kind of passionate about, like Daniel Ricciardo winning uh, the Italian Grand Prix and McLaren were the only team to score a one-two all year. Like Red Bull and Mercedes didn't even manage to do that. So uh, those sorts of things where people engage with that a bit better uh, has helped grow the fan base as well, I think. So, um, yeah, it's come at a time when the sport is absolutely booming and it it has been awesome to be a part of and to watch. Um, But it did feel like Everybody was watching yet on Sunday night, uh, Monday morning for you guys, or or at the very least, they were wanting to know what happened and to not be just talking about something that was purely sporting and what happened between the drivers and and, and for the, the way it was officiated. Uh, I just think it's really sad at this at this point. Mm. All right. All right. Who are the biggest? Is there going to be some big movers over, over the off season? We're going to see some teams, um, you know, get some new drivers and, you know, uh, ask you know young players come in. I know we big, we spoke to you about Liam Lawson, but we're going to see any big movers over the off season. Yeah, there's a little bit going on. It, it all kicks off actually tomorrow, so I'm still in Abu Dhabi right now, um, waiting for my yacht invite. But uh, if that doesn't come, then tomorrow and Wednesday there's testing um, for the tyres for next year, and all the driver moves that have been agreed kind of happen instantly. So George Russell, who was at Williams, young up and coming British driver who's really really talented. Uh, is replacing Valtteri Bottas at Mercedes. So he's going to go and try and mm. rattle Lewis Hampton's cage in the same car, which will be really interesting to see. And he'll drive for Mercedes over the next two days. So that's his kind of like first official bit of work with them as a full-time racing driver. Uh, Bottas goes to Alfa Romeo, replacing Kimi Raikkonen, who's left. He was a bit of a legend of the sport, but um, was ready to retire in, in his 40s. Guan Yu Zhou will be Bottas's teammate at Alfa Romeo, and he's the first Chinese driver we've ever seen in F1. So that will probably increase uh, the interest and... He's a race winner in the category below. He's raced, you know, Liam Lawson this year um, in Formula Two, and and he's won races. So um, he's a handy driver. He's he's probably not the best young driver that was available. I mean, Oscar Piastri dominated and won the F two Championship, and really should be on the grid. But he has to wait his turn for another year. But 
that'll be a cool storyline to see what Oscar does during the winter. And um, basically, he'll be waiting in the wings in case there's opportunity. And then um, Red Bull have actually kind of managed to get another driver onto the grid again. Alex Albon, who used to race for them and got dropped at the end of 2020, is now going to Williams to replace George Russell as he moves up to Mercedes. So um, he's back on the grid, which will be cool to see as well. So, yeah, some some exciting drivers coming in on that front. And we, we get to see a few of them uh, this week, which is uh, going to be good fun. And then it's not long at all. I think someone said it's 95 days till the first practice session of the first race next year. So, um that we'll be we'll be basically seeing new cars and get, and going testing again to like build up to it in like less than two months, which is crazy. There's hardly any time to catch your breath. Yeah, that's right. Crikey. Hey Chris, we're gonna let you go, mate. We really appreciate you taking our call. We know you've been extremely busy and uh, and right in the in the thick of uh, all the action over there and and uh it's always a pleasure to chat to you, mate. Hopefully we get you on again soon. Enjoy Abu Dhabi. And um, as I say, try and catch a little bit of a break before you get stuck into things again. But thanks heaps for joining us, mate. No worries. Really enjoyed it. It was a, a lot of fun. And um, yeah, if I don't speak to you guys before, have a, have a great Christmas. Enjoy your little summer break you guys got lined up. Yeah, cool, yes. You thanks, too. Chris. Champion. Chris Meadlin, what an absolute champion, eh? He's quick. He's quick with it, eh? You hear that little, Jeez, hear that you've little got... quip about the oh. yacht? He's waiting for his yacht. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how the how about you added in a few of uh, Craig Davis' little bangers into your little questioning there, mate? It's very clever from you. Walk away. Yeah, eh? I was going to leave him with. Uh, hope you don't get insomnia as well, but I thought that might be a little bit too much. So I sort of, you, know, you don't you don't you don't want to just sort of go too far on the old jokes, do you? Anyway. <laughs> right, it is uh, 8.16 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That was Chris Medlin talking all things Formula One. We've got Paulie Mwati coming up. We've got Sam Beetson who's going to talk to us about Golden 60's triumph and success over there in Hong Kong, his 16th straight victory. He is an absolute freak at the mile. And we'll also talk through a lot of the other horses, which uh, Sam Beetson has, has been able to pre-train and um, and they've gone on to wonderful things in their careers as well. It is a red-hot list that they've been able to compile, Sam and Hannah Beetson at Riversley. And then we will pass the, the baton on to Stephen McIver, who was outstanding yesterday as well, just quietly is. Had a good chance to listen to McIver early on. His, his chat with Joe Park was really cool too. So we'll pass a baton on to him later on. But for now, we are going to shoot off for a little bit of a break. We'll be back on the other side with our TAB live update.